All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of I Can Do This All Day. I'm Dan, the part-time adventure. That's Mark, the resident Jedi. Hello there. Uh, we decided to take a little divergence from our consistent bashing of DC, all DC things, and watching, you know, random regular movies. Uh, we decided that we should take a look at a theme movie for this special weekend situation that happens uh, towards the end or beginning of spring depending on the, the phases of the moon or the calendar. or I don't even know why. I have no idea why it's scheduled. But today, we're looking at a particularly wonderful farce uh, in Monty Python's The Life of Brian. We are kind of staying on brand, though. We like fictional characters, and so why not uh, review a movie that was supposed to be about a fictional character, but another fictional character came about in it. Fictional adjacent. Fictional <laughs> yeah. adjacent. Let's call it that. Yeah. It's uh, Monty Python. So when I was growing up, I knew of Monty Python and a lot of guys in high school and college would talk about Monty Python, say how great it was. But these were like grade A cinephiles well before I was one myself. And I just never, never saw them. Um, I did see one of them. I think it was uh, the Holy Grail one in Probably. religion class, in religion class in high school. But that's, you that's didn't all. Watch this one. I don't, know. So, I don't know. Do you like the farce genre in general? Like I do. Ridiculosity. I. It's my, one of my favorites. You know, for uh, for everyone who has listened to every episode or even just caught a few of the episodes where. You know, you have the, uh, and would you say slapstick is the same as farce or no? I feel like it's such a wide genre that then has sub, sub, sub genres in it. Okay. Because I would say that I, I enjoy a good farce, um, some good dry, sarcastic humor, but also it's just some flat out silly shit that will call out everything under the sun. And so, yeah, I enjoy it. I'd like to laugh. I think that your two definitions there very much define two of the genres. You've got the dry British genre and the slapsticky American genre. We know you love the American genre because of your, your love of a certain spy movie with Val Kilmer. Talk to me about British. You've only seen one Python movie. Any other British humor that you enjoy very much? Uh, I mean, if you would consider Spinal Tap as that then yes, um, along with Mr. Bean. Oh, man, Mr. Bean. And did you know that Mr. Bean was an alien? I mean, there's a lot of aliens, apparently. But no, seriously, like, I did not know that Mr. Bean was a legitimate alien. Uh, my wife and two boys started watching Mr. Bean randomly. And I was watching it. I was like, oh, yeah, I used to laugh at Mr. Bean. And then my wife said some type of comments about him being an alien. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, he's an alien. Didn't you know that? He's like, apparently not. And she said, well, that's the reason why there's a fucking flying saucer at the end of each episode. So I was like, oh, okay. I guess I didn't remember that in my childhood. No, I didn't. I, I did not know that either. I learned something new today. I guess us Americans, yeah, we don't think about that yeah, stuff. We, we just think those British, just goofy bastards. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I have a very opposite 
um, relationship with Monty Python. Um, I learned about it working at the video store, uh, probably like junior year of high school. Sorry, what was, video store was that? Uh, that would be Hollywood Video. Oh, the now okay. defunct and dead, long dead Hollywood Video. Um, but I, I, I watched uh, a bunch of the movies. I got really into the TV show, which is like the SNL of Britain in, in a way without guest hosts. It was just skit based. Um, hilarious. Uh, so many good songs. Literally have a two disc Monty Python like CD with the Monty Python songs, which are amazing. Uh, they're about lumberjacks and there's parrot sketches and so many amazing things. Like that's that's just a whole nother uh subgenre of love there um with Python. But yeah, I, I, I do enjoy British humor and I, I like it more than most people. Um certain listeners have told me that it's terrible and why do I watch it? But um, there's something about the first two seasons of the British office that just hold more for me than the first two seasons of the American audit office before they decided to write their own episodes. Um, something about Ricky Gervais in movies and his stand-up just gets me idiot abroad and all of that stuff. Extras. Um, I'm, I'm just a big fan. I would, uh, I could live off BBC for a good amount of time. Um, nothing about the serious stuff. Nothing about that at all. But the British comedy gets me. I remember Benny Hill, uh, late night. Uh, they'd play it on on like regular TV in Chicago, and they'd be like, bah, 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 and it'd be. There was some, if I remember correctly, there was some like really risque type of stuff on I mean, Benny Hill too, like risque like, for the British. I mean, for us, there was like some borderline just like i mean maybe every comedy show was based off of this but like almost you know like if i catch you i'm going to rape you like as a guy like i just, mean it was very peppy le pew if you'll yeah, say right very predatory yeah no and but but then it was ha oh, ha oh benny benny's gonna go get it and now not so yeah. much benny you... <laughs> benny benny would face charges if uh if anyone has some awesome video editing skills, they should edit some like creepy music while Benny Hill is chasing women. And then it would totally change up how we view that. So, um, so I need to ask you though. So you were talking about British humor and everything. What about, you know, I, your favorite British comedy group. Monty Python. First Monty sure. Python. Okay. Hands down. Hands down. I wouldn't know any other British groups. So I couldn't, I couldn't contribute well, to I that. Mean, you got the, the, the cast of the office and the more modern folks, right? Is that like a comedy troupe? Are they all, I, are they're they just... not a troupe. I, I mean, group, I, I take the definition of group as ensemble or, or movie or something, you know, people that did things repetitively. And that, if you look at um, Merchant, uh, Stephen Merchant and, and, and Ricky Gervais, they've, they do, things constantly together right yeah. they're they're they have a partnership and they work together so those two and most of the things they're in i'm a huge fan of and then you've also got the the guys from uh from uh hot fuzz or um yeah you know that group that's like a to me they're more modern uh, i enjoy their stuff in a, in a big bad way but i think that um monty python's so original to me and they're original because they're so 
I mean, this movie came out in 1979. For how any context. They? Yeah, how old were they? Because now they're definitely old. They definitely look old. like they're 50 years old in this movie. So that's why I'm, I'm you know, kind of surprised. <clears throat> yeah. They're their longevity i guess yeah no they're they're still i mean they did that whole spam a lot run for a while they did the jabberwocky like they're so they just they're the gift that keeps on giving let's be honest okay (laughs) at least for me so the topic of this movie debs into the um i would call it kind of a secular topic right there's there's religion and politics and and all things that um, are surprisingly still topical, but I'm going to ask you: um, religious movies, yay or nay? Um, I'm going to say nay. I'm not a big religion fan at all. Uh, I went to a Catholic school for a majority of my schooling years, but yeah, man. As I've gotten older, I do not really aspire to see any religious movies nor have i really ever i'm not they didn't force you to watch the greatest story ever told or no veggie no. tales or something i don't know no 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 uh, the high school that i went to um we actually watched part of monty python's holy grail and that was that was my slight preview to monty python and, you know, I, I had a nice little preview of it during high school religion class, and I thought it was good. I didn't, I, it didn't grab me enough to be like, oh, I'm going to watch anything and everything that they've ever come up with. So mm-hmm. I didn't even know they had multiple movies, TV shows, anything. But yeah, I mean, no. Can I say that? <laughs> can I say that I like religious movies? No, I do find them fascinating. I do find them fascinating, but I am not necessarily. It's not my bag, pretty much. Do you have one that you that has fascinated you the most or that's stuck out to you? The one that has stuck out to me the most, but I have not seen is the Christian Bale one. I think it's like Exodus of Kings or something like that with christian bale oh the, and, the um, egyptian one yeah 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 i wanted to see that just because i like christian bale but mm. no that's the most intriguing religious movie to me Man. and i haven't even watched it <laughs> i remember when they used to play those old epics like ben-hur and the charlton heston movie the ten commandments well, and stuff i i have seen ten commandments and ben-hur probably half a dozen times each so maybe Okay, I, I wasn't sure if you were counting Ben Hur as as one of those, but Ten Commandments that was an interesting movie. I would say, you know what? Religion aside, I would say, huh, that's a very interesting movie. I would check out. I mean, it's loosely based on religion, commandments and all, just loosely, yeah, just a little bit, just loosely. No, I. So all the old epics, like, um, those movies for me don't age that great. Like, I'm not. I'm not because uh, it just doesn't. Um, honestly, I was surprised at how well this movie aged. But if you're going to ask me about, or if I was to answer that question about religious movies, I would have to pick like the Da Vinci Code because I love the way that it created like 
just a complete farcical mystery around, uh, uh, you know, uh, Christianity and piss so many people off because of it. Like, I, it was great. It was great. I, I, I took a, um, a Renaissance and Baroque art class like the year after the book came out and the teacher was super into the book and the whole situation. Like this was five years before the movie came out. And like when the Dan Brown book was really hot and we like talked about that, like, and I'm just like, what are you talking about? And we got into the whole thing and I'm like, that's amazing that somebody created a conspiracy theory for it. And yeah, I've been a huge fan of, of those movies. And I mean, Ron Howard directing Tom Hanks, it, what, what's better? What's better? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, know. Have little, little, <laughs> I don't have much to contribute on that one. So, so we'll rewind a little bit and get back to this movie and talk about some of the, the epic things and the epic farcing that's going on, right? Because they're they're mimicking these large scale movies of the past that you talked about, right? 10 commandments and, and Ben Hur. And they did a, did an opening scene with this one where, where the three wise men visited Brian's hovel. How'd you feel about this scene? I dug it right off the bat because it just points out just the sheer ridiculosity of, wait, you saw a star and you guys just decided to follow it. And I'm just thinking like, wait a second. Why did no one question this in high school religion class or any time before? This sounds like some bullshit. So yeah, I'm, I'm having a good time. I'm, I'm laughing. I'm, you know, nudging my wife saying, and this is why I kind of think religion is bullshit. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm enjoying myself and having a, a really good chuckle. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what was your favorite joke from that run? Right. I mean, there was a, there was a good amount of them there. Oh um, man. From I would prob- to astrology, uh, yeah. they had women playing men. Like there was a whole situation going I on. I think the, the myrrh joke, the gold frankincense and myrrh joke was just kind of funny where it's like, we came bearing gifts and uh, you know, uh, Brian's mom is just like, yeah, don't worry about the murder next time but yeah i'll take the other stuff and so yeah it just is a a funny a funny thing that you know i don't even think we even questioned it in grade school or sunday school growing up thinking like wait why did they bring those things and why why would that be really important to an infant you know it's i don't know i i just did i liked it I mean, you went to Catholic school. Wasn't there like a section on myrrh and how to harvest it and the uses? They isn't that the balm? Isn't myrrh the balm? It is a balm. It is it is it is defined as a sap-like substance or resin that comes out of the cuts of bark of certain trees. Oh, okay. All right. yeah. It's used so, for problems in the stomach and intestines, congestion, parasite infections, and other conditions. But there's no scientific evidence. Evidence. To support any of this, that's fantastic. It's, it's so on brand. It. It's yeah. so on brand. I love it. Makes it, you know, even more ridiculous that that's the case. It's uh, the no. essential oils of the Bible. Yeah. It. Uh, we never questioned it. I don't think I ever knew anyone who questioned gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I mean, gold, sure, makes sense. 
but no one ever questioned as to what it was. And so we just, well, if you're, if you're taught when you read to use context clues, you're like, well, I know what gold is. So that means frankincense, if it's sense, is probably some kind of money. And myrrh, that must be another money. They brought <laughs> money and yeah. lots of it. Yeah, that was, you know, there. I don't think there was any deductive reasoning when I was, you know, in first grade. In Catholic school, there's no deductive reasoning. That's shocking. That's shocking. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm slack jawed in a gasp. Oh, man. I wish I could just go back in time and, and just question everything. But no, no. The only thing that we did in high school was ask one of our religion teachers, is it okay to masturbate? And she went hard on that. And she's like, it's okay. It's fine. I do it. <laughs> and everyone's like turning and looking at each other like, oh my God. And this sweet woman was about four foot 11 and you could tell that she was just like a firecracker, like wild child when she was younger. But now she's she was probably at the time in her 60s. And um, yes, oh, just man. an older woman, an old wise woman teaching a religion class, yeah. talking about diddling yourself. An old woman with an epic body count getting that question makes <laughs> me laugh just so much. Hey, Talk about Mother Superior exactly oh man i i had to go with the astrology joke in that in that scene though all capricorns what (laughs) yeah i this is a very good scene i liked all of you know joke after joke and and picking up on every single little thing like really all of them like it's it's just funny that they're taking a piss out of everything and yeah when you think about it you should take the piss out of all of it because it's all so goddamn out of left field. Do you, how do you feel about this scene if it was in a movie today? You think it could happen? Freaking love it. And yeah, it should happen. They should continue to do how ridiculous things in the past were and are. But and I'm talking about now. this specific scene. So um, this group had a woman playing a man and there was blackface. That wasn't directly addressed, but very <laughs> obvious. I wouldn't say it was blackface. He was more like silver was, ash faced. <laughs> it was 100% like shoe polish face. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about shoe polish, but it looked like silver to me. I don't know. Maybe Netflix's HD conversion. Yeah, isn't you working, need a better. But... You need more, better, but you need a better broadband modem. Yeah. But in but... general, right? Do you feel like that scene, the way it was shot, could be redone yeah because it's all sarcasm it's all just you know it's south park in real life so yeah absolutely they could do it absolutely but but it would have to be a european film it could not be an american okay okay i'm 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 i i agree with you i agree with you and they couldn't make it in florida us americans are so goddamn tight we will just be up in arms about everything but you can certainly do it if you're european what what was the last good movie that was made in europe in in europe i mean banshees of Sharon was <laughs> are you, are you... touche touche i'm just like man other than that movie i'm like thinking back to 
what what lately has been really good that was made by a british cast and you've got you know the last guy Ritchie movie which arguably wasn't as good as um the king arthur one where the british guys took on a british fairy tale and fucked it all that movie monty python and the holy grail is better than that movie no it was the one with uh jason statham i can't remember the name of it i watched it it was pretty good but not like the typical guy Ritchie movie that you've become accustomed to you know Mm. with the snappy witty dialogue like this is more of like a a gritty type of take on some unfortunate events but yeah there's a bunch i'm not like anti-british or uh, any type of european movies if anything i've probably enjoyed more international movies now because they're awesome like seriously they're all like asian movies european movies uh they're just they're raising the bar man. they're raising the bar and we come out with shit we we other than other than superhero movies and star wars we come in with garbage i mean i don't arguably some of that so this is one of those movies that has a long opening credit scene that spoofs the normal exorbitantly long opening credit scenes in more um more classical cinema and there are still directors that do the opening credit scene What's your take? Are you for or are you against the long, drawn out, put everybody's name up now opening credit scene? I am against it. As a matter of fact, one of, unless, unless it's like a James Bond, Mission Impossible, or or this type of movie, right? Where it's part of the theatrics. I think it's part of the whole ambiance of everything. And, you know, back in the day when, old movies would would start off it was long credits and they would basically play like the musical overtures it was it was like a play they would just play the musical overtures and and go through like the different phase so you can almost know what the story is when you're listening to the music um so there's a purpose to that but nowadays there is no purpose it's just let's fucking put up some cool rad credits like a music video and put some plates or paint splatter and a few spiral shots and you know it's like okay yeah i don't need to see this like like seven i didn't necessarily like watching it now i don't need to see the fucking credits in seven i get it you got some 90s edgy trent reznor music in there i get it i'm i'm gonna be in for a ride but now you don't need it you don't need it yeah i i am a fan of the old bond movie format and this was uh, uh they had the the singer in there as well doing that and then you know the 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 opening scene thing i i was a fan of it but it, it hasn't been used that much and only certain directors get away with it right like scorsese does it um you know uh, uh tarantino does it sometimes mm-hmm. um he got more into it lately but yeah i think you've got to have a respected director to even think about it or else you lose the audience it needs to contribute something to the narrative or the mood. And most movies, they don't do anytime that they're, you see some of those opening credits. It's because, Oh shit, this needs to be at least an 85 minute runtime. Let's put five minutes of credits at the beginning. So that way we can get some street cred, you know, like there's no way a festival is going to show it unless we have like an 85 minute runtime. Mm -hmm. There you go. There you go. So, 
um, I, I talked about when this movie was released, right? Um, um, 1979. And it, it takes a position and it takes a narrative on a lot of, I would call them uh, uh, political issues. It buries them in, in, in jokes and things like that, but it takes, it takes a, a, a deep hit on multiple uh, political issues um, that are either covered by religion or not covered by religion. Do you find it sad that so many of the issues that it brings up are timely and valid in 2023, uh, damn near 50 years later? It, it was very surprising how well that held up. And I, I turned to my wife and was just like, wait, they were talking about this in you know, 1979, and we're still talking about some of this shit now. Most of it. All yeah. of it. Yeah. Kind of ridiculous and almost depressing as yeah. like these, these British comedians are poking fun of some ridiculous stuff, and here we are in 2023 living this ridiculous stuff and not even being sarcastic about it now. It's just still full-blown, like, we need to do something about this. <laughs> it's like so ridiculous. Yeah, the Romans, the Romans are still very big in our culture. I think they banned this movie in Florida, by the way. I don't know how you were able to stream it. I'm surprised there's gonna be a knock on your door. Like your 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 internet provider is gonna drop you, man. So in this movie, whose side are you on? Are you a Roman or are you an anti-Roman? Uh, I mean you kind of have to be for the Romans, right? <laughs> like, you, I mean, they, they did list a lot of things that the Romans did. What's your yeah. favorite Roman accomplishment? What draws you to the Roman side? Um, that whole bit of that, like the Romans haven't done anything for us. Well, except for, you know, the, the roads. Like, oh yeah, well, of course the roads. And then they go through this, like, this laundry list the of medicine, like, the yeah. medicine, the learning, the aqueducts. I don't know about you, Dan. I'm a fan of a flushing toilet. I'm yeah. on the aqueducts all day long. Yeah. It's so almost refreshing to see this type of take on it because then you, once again, I turn to my wife. It's like, see, religion is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> this is kind of messed up. But it she, also she, shows that anybody that does something good for society is still looked at negatively. Yeah. Like there's sure. no way to be always right. Yeah. But you're a Roman. I would say so. What's your Roman name? Um, Keep in mind, you know biggest dickus is taken. The, yeah. I would probably say. Minimus fucks giveth. I think that's what it would be. Like I do Heroes give fuckers. a fuck. Just minimus. <laughs> minimus fucks giveth. Oh, man. What about you? Um, my wife would call me never on timacus. <laughs> due, due to my my uh my my ability to always be fashionably late for everything. I can attest to that because there have been plenty of times where our recording is at a certain time and uh, 
you know, right past it. I, I mean, I show fine. up ready to go, though. <laughs> I make sure I show up in the right headspace. And uh, I sometimes also, about that uh, about that uh, activity, give a minimus fuckicus about it. Because, yeah. Yeah. But I'm nice about it. And uh, did you expect the alien encounter in this movie? <laughs> Dude, holy shit. I... <laughs> I did not see that coming at all. I out loud to my wife was just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it was like a uh, real monster showed up and it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It just reminded me of a sketch. Like nobody expects the alien invasion. I, I was like, where the, fuck, where the fuck is this going? I, I just didn't know. It's, and you know where it went? You know where it went to the bottom of the tower. Yeah. How's he going to survive the fall? What is the funniest way that this guy can possibly survive this fall? Aliens. It was <laughs> something. so good. It was something for sure. No, How I, I much did budget do you think they put into that? Well, that's what I was going to say is like, well, that, ha- I mean, it's not like Star Wars quality, but it looks pretty good. I mean, it's, it's practical effects. Yeah, it's it seemed like wow they put some production into here. Like wow, kudos to them. Yeah, like it wasn't the Wayne's World two scene where it's like we're going to London, England, and it's just like the the plane <laughs> kind of jockeying across like a fake sky and everything. And you know, Wayne's seven feet tall and Garth's four foot seven. But yeah, it's uh, I enjoyed it. It was fine. Um, Totally, I thought it was going to continue to play a part throughout the movie. Like there would just be these random fucking alien hanging out with Brian. I, I I've got to say that Brian's gone on quite a journey at this point, right? Jo- Brian has joined the revolution. Brian has uh, went from being a vendor in the in the in the gladiator uh, uh, arena uh, uh, and being born Christ adjacent to then getting to leave the atmosphere. You know. Did you expect cool Spider-Man? Did you expect uh, Brian to just mimic Christ completely? I think so, but I liked that he didn't. I also liked that the the, 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 the and backtracking in, in in chronology in the movie, but early in the movie where they show all these people showing up to this Jesus TED talk, yeah. that the people in the back were like, "What?" Is he saying? Yeah. I don't get it. And and I love that that could be the reason that he only had so many followers because he wasn't that loud and his voice didn't carry. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. I did enjoy that. And it's like, yeah, that was once again, another time I looked at my wife, like, see how ridiculous it kind of sounds. Like if you think about it, <laughs> she always gets so irritated with me because there's times where it's funny. And then there's times like while I was watching this movie, when I kept on turning to her saying like, you see, you see how religion seems a little bit off. And I could tell that she was just getting a little irked, but you, oh, man, you almost got crucified by the end of this movie. It sounds like <laughs> not true crucifixion, not true crucifixion. Uh, that's good. That's good. Maybe just hung upside down for eight hours a day. Yeah. And then turned over. I feel like there's so many scenes in this movie that it's hard to touch on all of them. Um, there's a lot. There's there's so many. Um, but one that stuck out to me that I knew you'd have an opinion about 
was the beard purchase scene. <laughs> How do you feel about haggling, Dan? I don't like it. What? Uh, just because I I would rather just, you know, skip it. Let's just give me the best price. Or you know what? I will pay slightly higher because I don't want to go through this fucking song and dance. Oh. I, I love I do it for work. I, I mean, like I do it for work. So I don't I know you do. do. I don't want to do it in real life. Oh, so. I love it in real life. <laughs> it's don't get favorite. me wrong. I will. And it's it's funny though. I don't like doing it for myself, but there's times when like my wife and I will go to like a garage sale or you know, we just recently held a garage sale and there's like a blood boiling inside me when my wife doesn't haggle or she gets haggled and she ends up selling the item for less. I was like, let me, let me take over from here. <laughs> then, then uh, minimus fucketh giveth comes in and uh, decides to, to do that but slides right in hand on your hips ready yeah. to save the day yeah uh, i love it i i'm i'm a big fan and and my wife is as a has become accustomed to just like if we go to garage sales or like swap meet or whatever right like uh convention events or stuff like that she's just been like i want that thing over there go go make sure i get it that's the thing She's she just like, I'm like, well, what's your bottom number? Okay. And I just go in and try and beat that. Like, that's my goal. And, um, oh, you throw that in or it, I just, I'm a huge fan of it. I love it. Yeah. It's like my favorite thing. I love a good haggle. I, I wouldn't say that I hate it, but I try not to do it because I hate it when people just yeah. dance around with me. Mm-hmm. I do it in a tasteful way. I do it in a tasteful way. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm I enjoy going into those places where you know you're gonna haggle and and my wife doesn't like going in with me because I like to call them on their methodology of haggling. Like I like to go to car dealers and I get so excited when they decide to draw the four squares on a piece of paper because I'm like, oh, oh I know this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a coach. It's a coaching moment. And I'd be like, no, I want to talk about this square, but this square is where you know this square. Is the, and we have this conversation and inevitably, because, you know, like, I don't know any way other to say this well, but I'm kind of schlubby. If I go, like I purposely don't dress nice to go to a car dealer because I want them to not think that I have the buying power that I do in most yeah. cases right so i want the new guy i want the, you you just take this one i want the pity the pity up like the, the guy that i'm gonna go eat my sandwich you do the cliff huxtable so in in the cosby show cliff huxtable takes his son theo to buy a car dressed up in like raggedy ass clothes because like that's how they know they'll get the the deal and they don't want the car dealership to know that he's a doctor so yeah. yeah well i inevitably have the conversation and they draw the squares thinking that they're going to do it and they do the thing and my favorite part is, and this happens this has happened to me at least 
the last three times I bought a car, which is going back. Like, I'm not like, a, I buy cars all the time. <laughs> I'm not that person. But inevitably, they say, what do you do for a living? And then I tell them that I'm involved in sales enablement. And they're like, oh. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I, I do that thing. Where I, just, I know this one. And they're just like, uh, it's, it's, it's mean. But it's, it it's, it's, it, it cuts through so much bullshit. Yeah. It cuts through so, and it just inevitably, like you're able to then have an honest conversation with somebody as opposed to having to go through all of the steps and then ask you if your wife's here, if does your wife need to help make this decision? No, I don't need you to isolate my objection right now. I just need to have a conversation with you, please. Well, is your wife going to come in to look at the car too? Uh, Do you need your wife's permission? That's like my favorite one. I'm like, I don't know, man. But I'm a big fan of the haggling. And I love the fact that they made this just, just, no, you're not doing it right. (laughs) You have a gourd. Oh, thank you. You're not going to. And then the gourd became holy. Yeah. I've got the, and it was such a, after that scene in the gourd piece, it was just this fight and he, his shoe falls off, right? What is the best religious artifact? Meaning, right. what's the best thing to worship? The gourd, the shoe. Everybody give me your shoes. <laughs> oh. Oh, I love this movie so much. I can tell. You yeah. you are you are laughing at every point, which is good. I, I mean, it. it was a refreshing film to watch because I feel like this level of farce and this nobody takes the piss on religion uh, like this uh, very often anymore. And I'm a I'm a big fan of pointing out hypocrisy in in many forms. And you know, um, that's why we have a podcast. That is, bro. <laughs> we should start a podcast. Uh. And fuck you to that guy on the YouTube. So nope. <laughs> he's totally gonna watch this and be like, "No, no, zero uh, is fuck us. Fuck you." Oh man, so <laughs> funny. So speaking of 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 um religion and this movie, uh, Brian walks down the street and there's like what three or four different preaching people uh, giving their message, singing their songs, like doing all that. Um, have you ever, have you ever witnessed this or come up against this, uh, this situation, not up against like, obviously they're not like fighting you, but have you, have you received the message on the street? Oh, plenty of times. I've, I've been in San Francisco fairly frequently over the past couple of years for work and they're all over the place in San Francisco all. And they're like just screaming from you know all street corners with a megaphone uh and yeah i'm you know i have to give credit to those people that just go out into a public space and preach you know like if you believe that strong in something and because america is the way that it is we're allowed to do so which makes this country great um but yeah i i'm not I don't know if I would ever do that. So I don't appreciate it as much as others might, but I I respect the fact 
that number one, they have the balls to do it. Number two, that they have the freedom to do it. And number three, they speak so passionately about it. You know, I just sit in my office with a bunch of toys and comic books behind me and, and talk for a podcast. I will say there was a odd time that it wasn't, you know, a street preacher per se, but I remember this very specifically in high school. I went to a haunted house with uh, an ex-girlfriend and, or well, girlfriend at the time, obviously. And we, the, the haunted house was okay, but a majority of the haunted house, it, it was like a theme. Like there was a car crash that happened at the beginning and everything in the middle was, you know, horror ensued, right? But one common thing that occurred was these little girls that worked for the haunted house were like little demons or ghosts. And all they just kept on doing was screaming at us as we're walking through, like, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. Like in every fucking scene throughout the haunted house. Like, I get it, kid. Like, I get it. We're not supposed to be here today. But at the same time, just let me walk through. You don't have to freaking scream at me every goddamn scene. Because it was the same two girls, like, running to, like, alternating the scenes one after another to make sure they hit every couple or group of people that was walking through the haunted house. Anyways... As we get to the final scene of the haunted house, the final room, it is an operating room. And the girl who got into the car crash is on the table in the operating room. And then there's a light going upwards. And it was a religious themed haunted house. And so as we get out, yeah, no shit. Like 167th and Pulaski or Western or whatever street that was. Pulaski, I think it was, 167th Pulaski. I don't know if they still have it there anymore, but we leave and I'm looking at my my girlfriend at the time. I was like, yeah, that was okay. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to make it seem like it sucked. And then this dude walks up to us like holding these cards. Hey, do you know the Lord? And that question just fucking threw me for a loop. I didn't know what to say. I was like a deer in headlights. And I was just like, oh. And like I turned to, to my girlfriend and she's like, yeah, I know the Lord. We, I was like, oh, thank God. He fucking said something. I didn't know what the hell to say. I was like, I don't like Jesus or, or I don't know who you're talking about. Like, <laughs> I, I would have said the Lord of all that is evil, Satan. <laughs> I, oh I, I always want to at our old house um we were in a subdivision so we'd get like you know some folks that would knock on your door every now and then and um i'm a huge nerd so i've got a, a lot of interconnected devices and our surround sound was in an earshot of our front door and every time it happened i used to beg my wife to let me play running with the devil and then go open the door and she would never let me do it. <laughs> and every time I drive through a subdivision and see people, I'd want to slow down and roll down the windows and crank it out. And it was just not, I never got to do it. I still haven't been able to do it maybe in the future, but um, that, that is a great story for a cover up of a, of a purely religious message that absolutely beats 
the only thing that I've ever experienced from the uh, from the the um, the the religious uh, um, piece of it, which is and and a lot of people I know that have done retail sales have gotten this. Have you ever gotten the hundred dollar bill? Yeah, that's half a hundred dollar bill. It's like a million dollar yeah. bill, and yeah. it's like Jesus will bring you a million dollars. No, no, nah, pretty sure he won't. Yeah, Jesus doesn't have a checking account, bro. But Jesus your pastor does. Yeah. What you keep saying that Jesus is coming. It's been a pretty long time. Like, is he I just mean, that's waiting? debatable to them? It's not that long. Yeah. I think I it's been a lot longer than they than they do. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're getting we're getting canceled for that. Um but yeah. just me. Just me. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, oh no, I thank you for sharing that story i i i've never heard about the the um the, the haunted house ambushes like a fake chainsaw at a haunted house never the lord now i know why it was only 10 bucks you know compared to <laughs> you paid you 10 know, bucks to be saved yeah it's I mean, that that week most most haunted houses are like 20 bucks and it's like oh there's a haunted house it's only 10 bucks cool date night but even 20 bucks at the time you know 10 for me 10 for her is Man. still you know an expensive night for me a cheap ass to that poor girl yeah yeah and while she's sitting there telling that man about the lord she's like this cheap ass motherfucker i'm gonna get the worst christmas presents i'm out you know what i think it was her idea I think she's the one who told me about Maybe it. She like, wanted you to adopt the Lord, Dan. No, uh, no, no, not at all. That was later on, later on in life. That, <laughs> sure. but she remembered uh, that conversation yeah. with that guy. <laughs> you know, every time I'd walk by, she'd just do the sign of the cross with oh, her arms. Oh, Padre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Start speaking Latin randomly. Exactly. Oh man. Um, sp- speaking of speaking. You know, at one point, uh, there's a scene with Brian and not talking. But how could he? How long could he go with not speaking? I I think that not very long. Uh, usually, <laughs> about six to eight hours a day, uh, I can do it uh, continuously. I wish I had six to eight hours a day of not speaking. That's <laughs> that'd be awesome not enough not enough for me it's it's usually when i'm sleeping yeah um that's about it okay that's about it yeah when we do what we do for work it's it's kind of the prerequisite of of doing stuff and and and, and for a hobby like our hobby isn't to get quiet and chill it's no we should we should absolutely have long conversations that we expect people to listen to which kudos to you if you're hanging on with this yeah you got some all great those, stories those the acolytes are definitely not with us but the uh the zealots maybe, maybe. oh <laughs> yes love me a good zealot love me a good zealot so speaking of things in this movie that that i don't know if you could do today how do you feel about theater i'm okay with it i, I mean you're making fun of a historical figure and no one really knows how he spoke. So it's like, why not fucking make fun of him? He's kind of a bad guy too. So why not? I mean, 
I just loved that. I love that it was an ongoing joke. I love that the the Romans did it, that the, the centurions did it, that the people were just shouting random names for him to <laughs> say and get tripped up on. Which did you see that video? I think it was in Florida of a of a town meeting where people would like sign up to speak and they were doing like Bart Simpson names. No. Yeah, no, it's pretty, it's also, it's on YouTube. It's pretty great, but okay. it was just like Seymour butts and stuff like that is, is it wasn't that specific one, but it was very, very, the Simpsons. And I think that the Simpsons is the reason that I loved this running joke so much of him just mispronouncing and them, them setting him up with the funny things to say, because I mean, that's nostalgia right there. That's just a good old fashioned, clean, hilarious joke. And then they got into, um, you know, yeah, the 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 dickest gigantiscus and stuff like that, and it, it got uh, Britishly dirty. But I love the purity of that joke, and it's one of those like I'll take that in any movie. Yeah. Why wasn't that in Ant Man? It would have been better. <laughs> uh, so take notes, listeners. Mark wants more biggest dickus in movies. Definitely wants more of that in movies. Mm-hmm. Mark's all about dad jokes at this point. Like, give me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Uh, So as we get further along, now you get into like the segregation during the whole crucifixion scene. Uh, What are your thoughts on the crucifixion scene in itself and also the the whole segregation on it? Eric Idle in the crucifixion scene got the best character. I don't know if he like, drew drew the the straws with it or whatever but he's the he was the character in the blue during the crucifixion so the whole crucifixion scene from oh no i'm not supposed to be crucified they're supposed to let me leave today huh really huh oh no i'm just kidding and then the other the other while they're going there the guy's like oh let me help you okay bye and they dump a cross on a random guy i'm not supposed to be i'm not no and then they, they 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 hit the best joke that that is is just such an amazing commentary on society that everybody is going to die. Everybody's literally getting nailed to a cross. But I'm too worried about who I'm standing or hanging next to than the fact that I'm being unjustly murdered such a nuanced joke such a like no no i want to be by the other um secular group i can't i can't die next to this person like really you can't yeah i you know i'll be honest with you i started getting a little bit of the humor fatigue at this point yeah it's 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 subtle rapid fire in this movie yeah and I don't know if it, it's it's very. I consider this like kind of the British version of the Naked Gun, where it's so rapid fire and gets to this. It sprays to all levels, right? Nuance, direct, dad jokes, bad jokes, jokes about uh, disability, jokes about religion, all and it just all of it at all the different levels. And I agree. You you almost are tired. Like I need a cup of coffee in a minute so I can focus on 
just how hilarious this is. And I think it speaks to the fact that this movie, every time you watch it again, you have the possibility of hearing a joke a different way or catching a small nuance. And it's the reason that it's, popularity is continued like i I mean it's not something that i watch a lot but it's definitely um like it's not something i'm like oh i've watched it it's like man i got through this and it was i was thinking things were funny for so long that i probably missed other pieces of it yeah yeah there's there's so much and like i said at that point i i was getting the the, the humor fatigue and it was just like okay these because there's so many jokes and because it's so rapid fire like you said i'm i'm becoming desensitized to it so i notice like oh i see what they're doing there okay and, and now i'm just like i'm i'm kind of like waiting for it to to conclude at this point just because like I, obviously it's gonna end soon because the time is running out yeah that that's the, the point of of crucifixion and and, you know like if they're gonna die yep that's probably the case but man they 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 really i felt drew out the crucifixion and hit so many additional good jokes in it they did draw it out more then there were good jokes so talk to me about your favorite your favorite crucifixion joke piece are you on celebrating martyrdom we appreciate what you're doing for us and we'll always remember you thoughts and prayers or are you on the act of suicide to make a point ninjas like i liked I, it they're both funny i think i uh i like the martyrdom one just because that's what people do now i mean look at all of the efforts of people on social media of videoing something and like go ahead record me i don't care i don't you know that's they view themselves as a martyr and and they're they're hoping they become a martyr because like i'm doing what's right and i don't care if these people record me uh go ahead and and show your friends and uploaded it to the youtube you know like that's people say that jail buddy but they're they're doing it all to be a martyr not to it's once they see that they're on camera it becomes a show and if they stick around and continue to do it that's when they know it's like oh I've resigned the fact that this is going on the internet. I'm going to go down guns blazing. But then there's the people that, you know, the camera goes on them and it's just like, they, they sneak out of there, put their hand on their face, gone. So I, I kind of appreciate the whole, the martyrdom joke, uh, just because that's what people, you know, people love martyrs. They really do. Were you surprised that Brian didn't appreciate the thoughts and prayers? I think Brian just, I, I don't think Brian wanted anything in particular, you know, like he, he kept, I think that, oh, I've gotten this deep into this. This isn't exactly what I was thinking. Like, I don't want this series of, un- it's Brian Cohen's series of unfortunate events. That's what it was. But, but it's such, it's, it's so topical now than ever before. Like sure. it's this, it's, 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 it's a commentary on how people just follow something to feel a, a sense of belonging. 
and they don't think about what's actually going on and the people that lead those things that are such idiots i i just i i can't get over the fact that it is so absolutely relevant and and is such a i feel like if you showed people this movie like random people like millennials no, we're, I'm, we're I'm, like Gen Z. Sorry. Um, I feel like if you showed them this, they'd be like, oh, is this new? Yeah. Because I mean, if you did so like topical, a, like an HD restoration type of 4K resolution thing. Um, yeah, it, it is. But you know what? I think some of them might not be smart enough to pick up that it's. <laughs> That's it's hard. kind of making fun of oh, of their positions and their own ridiculous behavior. Oh, I agree a hundred percent, and that's sad. That's sad they, that they we may not be educated enough to understand farce at this point. Right, right, and, and they might pick up something that see this is the problem in Hollywood today. Like, no, this was you know not even made in Hollywood. This was done in nineteen seventy nine british movie <laughs> and so like yeah no not really the case so i i mean i don't know it'd be interesting to to have one of those like video clips of like people watching monty python for the first time and then just see what their reactions are i'm leaving this movie it's sacrilege why because they ask you what myrrh is <laughs> like i i don't know did you know what myrrh was before because I, I went I to would, catholic oh school oh my god i didn't mean, even remember I don't know what's more infuriating that we can ask a bunch of Christians what myrrh is and they don't know, or what CRT is and they don't know. I think, you know what, that should be a poll is to like, <laughs> what is myrrh? And it's, it's not even a, a poll. It's just like, is it this or this and see who answers circle that. myrrh. <laughs> what is the correct answer? Oh, it's oh, amazing. Oh, you know what else was amazing? the ending of this movie <laughs> just the the best way to end a farce commentary on religion the world politics leadership is with such an amazing message that one should always look on the bright side of life do they do this in family guy yeah Okay, all right. I, I knew it, it sounded familiar, and I didn't know, you know, obviously Family Guy just rips everything else off or, or pays yeah, this, homage. This song to... has been spoofed in Ballyhooed many times. This okay. is on my Monty Python two-disc uh, uh, CD. I've, I've, I've heard this song many times, and in the context, it's so great. And my wife was like, are they singing? And I was like, oh, you have to listen to the song that they're singing it's great yeah it's she, uh she judged me for being able to whistle the tune because i've heard it so many times i mean music is catchy there's nothing wrong with enjoying music oh, uh, i will say that this reminded me of uh, the end scene of a movie that i really really liked but thought what the fuck once they broke out into song and that was in a 40-year-old version. When they were all singing the age of Aquarius. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is going on it's right now? Such a deep cut. 
to the summer of love. It's such a deep cut. Yeah. I mean, I guess if I would have seen this movie first, I would have been like, oh, yeah, that's that's, that's you what know, you do. Yeah. You start singing the song. But so let me ask you this. Um, the last thing I think anybody expected in a crucifixion scene is for somebody to start a group sing along. Have you ever had the pleasure of inspiring a random group of people to sing? Um, yeah, I have. And uh, there's been a few instances, actually. All like stupid high school or college type things where, you know, just to, to get a group of unruly teenagers and drunk college students to, to join in and, and feel a sense of unity. And uh, yeah, so there's a couple of times, two of them, I remember uh, one time it was at Great America and Six Flags Great America in Gurney, Illinois. And, you know, man, I am such a, a stupid attention whore sometimes uh, when I was in high school that you know, I, I, I just liked having a good time. So we were on the Viper mm-hmm. and we're coming back and or I'm sorry, no, before we're on the ride, like it's my myself and like a few other friends and like a few other people, randos on, on the little train that we're on. You randos. And I, and I said, hey, we're going to have a good time. So we're going to do a sing along. And when I say biscuits, you say gravy. And so I, I started just yelling out random shit. It like, you say biscuits, you say gravy, or I say biscuits, you say gravy. So biscuits, gravy, biscuits, gravy. And so that kept on going throughout the beginning. And then we go on the ride and then we're coming back like, all right, we're going to do it one more time. And so we did that on the, the ride back. And, you know, in hindsight, it's like, that's the stupidest fucking thing ever. But at the time, it was just so funny that my group of friends and like these, these randos just decided to chime in with it. So that was one. And then another one was walking back from a, uh, it's a, it was a Halloween event sometime in downtown Chicago. And uh, I started doing that, um, like the TI Rihanna song, uh, live your life. Mm-hmm. And so everyone chimed in and, and hollered to that song. But that's it. I think that's pretty much it. That's it. it. So you don't have a go-to song to start. I have a go-to song. And it's not karaoke. Though that's fun um, from time to time. My go-to works every time. Getting people to sing is the Fresh Prince theme song. (sighs) Okay. And, And my favorite story about this is we were at a friend's wedding. So I'm an adult at this point, like well into my thirties. And we had a great time at this open bar wedding, but the accommodations for those who were inebriated and being responsible were a long bus ride away. So we're sitting on this bus and they didn't turn any music on. They didn't do anything. And there's just, there's just silence. And I, somehow got multiple people to start this is a story all about how and the whole bus got into it and it was by far and now it's just my move like it's it's one of the few moves that i have that are consistent and always work 
Though I don't know now that Will Smith might have fucked it up for me. Yeah, I was going to say, not a big fan of Will Smith. Uh, uh, says the guy who makes Cosby show references. Cosby is a flat out ridiculous human being, but that show was so good. Yeah. <laughs> so it good. It, it was, it was, I wanted to be a counts. member of the Huxtable family for God's sake. It was so good. Yeah. No, but that's my move is, is, is singing some Will Smith. Okay. Do you ever, do you ever karaoke like anything off the big Willie style album or? <laughs> no, I don't. I have one go to karaoke. Well, technically two, depending on what state I'm in. But if I karaoke, I usually go to friends in low places. <sighs> okay. Everybody loves it. People will sing along. I've had people dance. I'm not a good singer. I'm actually the opposite of a good singer, but yeah, every state except Minnesota. That's my go-to. Um, that's my go-to karaoke song. And then what's in Minnesota? Purple Rain. You're welcome, <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> I sang Purple Rain in a country bar once. Huh. I don't remember all of it, but I was with a group of people. I was with my boss and a couple people from work. And it was awesome. They're like, "What the?" Fuck and they were is like, "Going on? Who let this guy? Who let these three white guys sing Prince in a country yeah. bar in Minnesota?" Oh man. Oh yeah. No. Good times, man. Fun times. But I think that we've reached the end of this movie, and I think that we've looked on the bright side of it. There's a question I have to ask you, though. Oh shoot, my friend, Mark. Can you do this movie all day? I can do anything Monty Python all day. This movie included, and I haven't watched it in a while, like a long while, and I was shocked at just how relevant and how funny I still found the entire movie. But I've got this feeling that we we may not be we we may not be aligned here. That there may be some 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 difference so i'm gonna ask you dan can you do this movie all day you know i enjoyed the movie it was entertaining um i love myself some good old bashing of religion and just pointing out the hypocrisy in it and just the the sheer ridiculous concepts of it uh so i i did enjoy that but it was just uh, towards the end, probably like the last 20 minutes, I was tired. I was like, yeah, you know, I get it. It's funny. It's more of the same. Um, but there's something about the dry, sarcastic British type of humor that it works. But I think there's a there's a ceiling for it. And it just it surpassed that ceiling of like, Oh, you know what? I can only withhold so much of this type of humor that everything else is just spilling out. And it's like, I hear it. I'm not appreciating it as much, but you know, so yeah, I, I cannot do this all day. I get it. Why people would say like, Oh, this is a classic. This is funny. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I totally get it. And I don't bash anyone like yourself who, who thinks it's, it's awesome. Um, just not, you know, not for me to watch and do all day. 
but you know if if someone were to ask me like hey would you watch this is like yeah if you like you know that type of humor watch it it's entertaining but I, i don't picture myself going back to this anytime soon because if anything i'll just automatically think yeah it's all ridiculous I think it's all ridiculous. I, I know this. I don't need to watch it again to prove my point that I'm right. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate the fact that we watched this. I love the timeliness of the of the view. And um I absolutely recommend this to anyone who wants to just have a good time. What better movie to watch on Easter than this movie? I mean, some may argue with with us, but uh, there's a commentary to be made. So um, to each their own, listen to both sides of the, of the of the coin, right? Listen to both sides of the argument and always look on the bright side of life. And happy Easter to all of our listeners out there. We will see you all next time. This is Dan, the part-time Avenger. That's Mark, the resident Jedi. Like, subscribe. I got a feeling we're going to get a lot of comments. Um, I'm, I would normally say stay positive in the comments, but no, let us have it. Let's go. I want to hear what you have to say. We want to we want to feel your thoughts. And uh, if there's a movie that you feel like would um, would counter our thoughts and 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 make us think a certain way, um, we would watch anything but Veggie Tales at this point. So hit us up. Let us know. Like, subscribe. If you hit um, the like button uh, or the dislike button twice, it tells us that you really disliked it. So if you're going to go that way, go all the way. Go all the way, you damn heathens. We'll see you next time.